You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. To honor all copyright restrictions, certain elements have been edited out of this message. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 5. I'll be reading verses 17 through 26. One day while Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and the teachers of the the law were sitting nearby. They had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and even from Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal. Just then some men came, carrying a paralyzed man on a bed. They were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and they let him down with his bed through the tiles in the middle of the crowd. They laid him in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friends, your sins are forgiven you. Then the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, Who is this who is speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? When Jesus perceived their questionings, he answered them, Why do you raise such questions in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the one who is paralyzed, I say to you, stand up and take your bed and go on your way home. Immediately the paralyzed man stood up before them, took what he had been lying on and went to his home, glorifying God. Amazement seized all of them, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, and they said, we have seen some strange things today. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock. And you are our Redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. So to quote another movie that we're not going to be talking about this time around in this movie sermon series, uh, the movie called August Rush, the main character says this at the very end of the movie, music is all around us. All we have to do is listen. And there are few quotes that better sum up how I feel about the gospel and how I feel about gospel parallels. The gospel of Jesus Christ is all around us. All we need to do is listen and look. The gospel is all around us. And I want to acknowledge and name that original authors and maybe even original creators may not have intended to proclaim the gospel. But so many movies and so many stories perfectly capture the gospel. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at movies that inadvertently but effectively proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and help us to live in its light. And I happen to find the gospel themes in a lot of movies, and so I'm really, really happy to to start today with my second favorite movie of all time called The Emperor's New Groove from Disney. 
Together, we're going to talk about how the roles and relationships in that movie connect to the gospel of Luke. So the emperor's new groove. It was released in 2000, and it centers around the emperor whose name is Cusco. And in relation to Luke's gospel, Cusco is a one-man crowd because there is no room for anyone else in his life. There is no room for anyone to get close to him. He is self-centered and insufferable. He is out of touch with reality and truly believes that the world revolves around him. The movie starts with this big, flashy opening number, this elaborate dance, and during the course of this dance, Cusco bumps into someone and then has him banished from the castle because he has thrown off the emperor's groove. Let's take a look at what that looks like. So after that opening number, we see even more of Cusco's self-centered behavior. Cusco, at the start of the movie, has an assistant named Isma, and very shortly after we meet her, Cusco fires her, fires Isma and her and her assistant named Kronk, and then and then Cusco meets with a villager named Pacha, who he is summoned to the emperor's castle, only to tell him that he's about to level the village where Pacha and his family live, um, so that he can build a summer home called Cuscotopia. But after Yzma and Kronk turn him into a llama, which is not their initial plan, Cusco's groove is entirely thrown off. The llama emperor ends up on Pacha's cart and tries to find his way home, and he nearly dies, but Pacha rescues him. And then Cusco accepts Pacha's terms for help, and they both make their way back to Cusco's home. And these two strange compatriots are initially at odds, but they learn how to cooperate. They get on each other's good side. They reconcile their differences. And they realize who the true villains are and, learn, and they team up to stop Yzma and Kronk from taking over the government. Our scripture for this morning from Luke's Gospel is an entirely different story with the same effect. Jesus' groove is thrown off. Jesus in the Gospels is teaching in Capernaum in someone's home and the crowd that has gathered is so large that there is no room for anybody else to enter in the house. There is barely room to move. There isn't even standing room only available at this point. And the crowd is either unable or unwilling to move out of the way because there is a group of people trying to bring their friend to Jesus. But undeterred by the lack of space, and undeterred by the size of the crowd, the friends of this paralyzed man get creative. They throw off the groove as they climb to the top of the house, as they peel back a piece of the roof, and there they lower their friend into Jesus' midst. And then Luke says this, and these are some of my favorite words in the entire gospel. Luke says this, Jesus saw their faith and healed the paralyzed man. Jesus saw their faith. Because these friends would stop at nothing to get their friend to Jesus, Jesus healed. Not because of the paralyzed man but because of his friends, 
because his friends had this bedrock, non-negotiable, soul-defining faith. Jesus healed. This is the power of a stretcher bearer. They were stretcher bearers. And Jesus says to the friends, and Jesus says to the man, stand up and take your mat and go home. And that's exactly what they did. Everyone in the house was amazed. Everyone in the house praised God. Everyone in the house went forth and says, man, that was crazy. Jesus did something that we've never seen before. These friends were his stretcher bearers. And because of them, this man's life, the life of the paralyzed man, his life was never the same. This is what we would call in a movie a supporting role. And maybe even the best supporting role. In the world of film and theater, an actor that is in a role that is not the lead actor is what's called a supporting role. And sometimes movies are not, don't have the right lead actor, but if they have the right you know, supporting actors, it can still be an okay movie. And in recognition of the important nature of this supporting work, both theater and film give out awards to best supporting actors and best supporting actresses. And I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but at award shows, sometimes the very first award given is to that of a best supporting actor because the industry understands how important that work is. They give them the honor of having the first award. In all gospel stories, Jesus is the leading actor and he is the best leading actor, right? In all, in all gospel stories, Jesus is the leading actor, but without supporting characters, today being the friends of the paralyzed man, healing would not have happened. This is the importance of a stretcher bearer. This is the importance of the role that these friends played in the life of the paralyzed man. And if we need any more examples of what, an, what a stretcher bearer looks like, we need to only look as far as the emperor's new groove. Yzma needed the support of Kronk in order to survive and basically function as a human. Pacha, the villager, needed his family to remind him that some things are worth fighting for. After he sees the human Cusco and gets this news about the summer home and his village being destroyed, he goes back to his family and on the journey he is so defeated and so dejected and just so resigned to what seems to be inevitable. But then he sees his family. He sees his wife who is pregnant and their two kids and he is reinvigorated. He knows that something must be done. What exactly that is is not completely clear. But then he finds the lamified emperor on his cart. Speaking of whom, Cusco needed Pacha. Cusco may have well literally died a few times in the movie without Pacha's interaction. But even more than that, Pacha's kindness and determination inspire Cusco to undergo the personal changes that make this movie a classic. 
There's a pivotal moment at the end of the movie where Cusco is on the verge of receiving the human potion that would turn him back into a human, and Pacha is on the verge of falling off the cliff of the palace. And now the old Cusco at the beginning of the movie, the guy that threw the guy out, out the window, he would have let Pacha fall. Because who cares? Cusco is the center of the universe. But here, near the end of the film, because he had a stretcher bearer, because he has had someone in his life to be a supporter, to show him compassion and care, Cusco rescues Pacha. They recover the potion. They turn Cusco the emperor back into a human. But they don't turn him into the same person. He is not the same because of everything that he has been through. And friends in Christ, this is the power of a stretcher bearer. This is the importance of a supporting role. Pacha supported Cusco when his life was torn apart by those who sought to do him harm. The friends of the paralyzed man supported him as they sought healing from Jesus. And he is not the same either. And I know that I would not be where I am, and I know that I would not be who I am if I hadn't had stretcher bearers in my life. Everyone needs a stretcher bearer like these. Everyone needs a friend or friends who will carry you when you are at your weakest. Everyone needs someone who will carry you, not only to pray for you, but also do whatever it takes to get back on your feet. And not only does everyone need that, we can all be that, right? Not only, can every, not only does everyone need that, we can all be that. The reality of our life and the reality of our faith is that we will go through times when life is hard, when we can feel, quite frankly, paralyzed. The reality of our lives is that sometimes we will go through times in our faith when we feel distant from God and just simply stuck there. We can be paralyzed by our sin. We can be incapacitated by our circumstances. We can even be numbed to the suffering of the world. Enter the stretcher bearers, the creative thinkers, the devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. We can be stretcher bearers. We can make the presence of Jesus real and tangible and attainable to the world around us that is looking, looking for someone to help. Friends in Christ, let us strive to be a pacha. Let us strive to be a cronk. Let us strive to be a stretcher bearer. Would you pray with me? Holy God, we give you thanks for the way that you move and work in our lives. And we give you thanks for people that come alongside of us to make things a little bit easier, to bear our burdens to ease our pain. 
to reinvigorate us. We thank those people in our lives and we are inspired to be those people for others. Open our eyes to opportunities that are around us. Open our hearts and increase our capacity and creativity to support others so that all may glorify your name. Your name in which we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.